Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of A Lawyer and a Policy Analyst Walk Into a Bar. We are calling this one No Bacchanal, Carnival Cancellations and the Orange Economy. And uh, Delan and I wanted to do an episode specifically on the Orange Economy since last season, I believe. But, um, but because there's no Bacchanal anywhere in light of COVID-19 right now, we decided that it would be good to have some persons from the entertainment industry to help us with this topic. So we have with us promote extraordinaire and mass band leader in Simmons and Grandines, Miss Karen pop, Vera. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Band of the year. Band of the year. That's all. <laughs> Wait. No, no, no. We didn't win band of the year. We won up on judging. It's a big difference. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I'll let her do a, a better introduction just now. But um, uh, <laughs> we we should have Hans John with us as well, who goes by the stage name Hans. He should be joining us soon. But as always, I am the lawyer, Jadrick Cummings. And I'm the lawyer, the Susan the policy analyst i want to thank our guests for being with us like jaring said this is a topic we've been wanting to touch for a little while now we're glad that you have the opportunity not so glad that the carnival them cancer but we're gonna work with it yeah, accordingly. Yeah. we're gonna give our guests as usual a couple seconds to do their introductions and then we're gonna jump right into the pod so karen take it away and thanks for being here with us today oh it's my pleasure um i'm karen from again Saint vincent um i do a number of events throughout the island as well as i am a director of oxygen mass we're the newest band in Simmonson. We are only three years old. Um, this would have been our fourth year on the road. Um, and last year was our first judge year. And we did first for upsung judging. We got fourth for band of the year. Second for best use of color. So I thought we did pretty good for our first year. Considering that was we... Was that last one best use of color? Yeah, best use of color. Oh, okay. That news to me, boy. I didn't even know they had that category. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of categories which we were made privy of after the fact. So this year... <laughs> Uh, really going in hard, you know, because we right. didn't know there were that many categories that you could have won. So you kind of know what to aim for as well, if you know what the categories are. Correct getting right into it there's a lot to unpack so we just want to go right mm-hmm. into it like we've said COVID-19 and we've discussed it in many of our well in a few of our podcasts before but COVID-19 is significantly impacting industries across the world the region and the arts and entertainment industries are no exception and obviously in response to this governments and countries all over the world have adopted different measures um, public gatherings have been prohibited theaters cinemas closed music festivals cancelled all of that um, in some cases indefinitely for us in the region the most significant disruption to the industry is undoubtedly the cancellation of our festivals which we refer to as carnivals in case of barbados crop over um trinidad was lucky in that they got out ahead of it in that they had their carnival in february right before COVID-19 really hit the region. And Dominica, don't forget Dominica. Okay, <laughs> Dominica. And Dominica. <laughs> Dominica. You know the Dominica, then it's jump on your Jarek. My apologies, I forgot Dominica. Um, but uh, yeah, so Antigua and Barbuda, Barbados, Guyana, Jamaica, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Montserrat, and I think most recently Grenada have all announced now yeah. that they're canceling carnivals. Um, obviously, that is devastating for me. I mean, I've been going to carnival, going to shows and stuff since 10, 11, while Delana at home sleeping, I behind my older brother, my elder. <laughs> The brother and sister you know um so yeah it's devastating for a lot of masqueraders persons to enjoy carnival in the region i think Sting kids still has theirs in december their sugar mass um that's still officially on but um there have been mixed reactions to the cancellations all across the region i mean obviously some persons are saying well it's the prudent thing to do given the nature of carnival um, you know, right. congregating and persons being in such close proximity to each other and stuff like that. Yeah, all the back and all, all the back and all. All the back and all. <laughs> um, and others have said it's a bit of a premature 
thing to do in this point in time. You don't know what's going to happen in July and August. Um, Karen, how do you feel about that in terms of canceling it now? Um, for a band like Oxygen, it made sense for them to cancel it when they did. Um, it takes a lot of preparation. There's a lot of behind the scenes that people don't know about that goes into the planning of our band. Um, we make costumes specific to an individual. In order for us to do that, we need to get our sizes in by a particular time. Um, the closest that you could possibly put your sizes in for Carnival is six weeks. When they canceled Carnival, um, we would have had to, okay, so we would have had to put in our sizes and do our orders by the 20th of April in order to get them in Vincent for Carnival Tuesday. Oh, right. On the 20th of April, which would have been almost two weeks ago, right? Or almost three weeks ago, nobody under the sun was going to register to play mass. Because they were looking so shaky. Yeah. So three weeks ago, nobody was going to put down money to play mass. And then you can't say, okay, it's a premature decision because um, July is so far away. What are we, what are mass bands going to do? Are we going to then just have um, costumes? For people hoping that pe- that July comes and that we have carnival, well, it's still an investment. Each of these things mm-hmm. have a price on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you guys had not uh, already begun um, production or procurement of the costumes uh, up to the point at which carnival was cancelled. Production, we 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 were not yet. Um, we have not. We did not get that. We, however, had all our prototypes ready. Um, our photo shoots were done. In fact, we were ready to launch the bound the Monday that the world turned upside down. All right, right. So, and, and that weekend, like if you check our social media, that weekend, we then said, okay, listen, we're going to just watch this, watch the climate of the world for just a little bit longer before we, we throw out our costume. Yeah. yeah, and then by the next week, Carnival was cancelled. So then you guys, I mean, in terms of the decision, you thought it was, well, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not premature, so to speak, but did you think canceling it the next year maybe you should have thought would you have thought they would have pushed it maybe down later the year which some countries have done i know jamaica i think they've um airmarked i think october november for their carnival or you think the best decision is to just cancel for 2020 and go again in 2021 and from a mass standpoint i definitely think canceling carnival was the best decision to me this was a meeting you know this was all the mass bands of students who sat down on a meeting and collectively decided that canceling is the best option okay well that's good at least they were they, they involved um, yeah. Mass bands and so on, yeah, as opposed to just they, making unilaterally decisions. Correct. It was they, each component of Carnival, which is Pan, Mass, and Calypso. And under Calypso, you'll have the um, Soka artists also. Each component of Carnival met separately and among themselves decided whether or not Carnival should be cancelled or postponed. And each component, if I'm not mistaken, returned with a cancellation of carnival well that's, um, i mean that's not good to hear but it's good to hear that everybody was it was an inclusive process yeah and, it's, and it's, I think it's in the preparation end, bit more than anything else i mean when you're on the outside looking in you tell yourself man if i want to three for soca artists if you go in a studio and run a truck <laughs> i really sorry hands doesn't hear you have to speak on behalf of the soca artists you know because i can't speak yeah. from that angle. yeah we'll have to get his yeah, his point yeah. of view when he comes in yeah because even even from a mass perspective i know for me me just feel like if you just go on the website and oxygen yo i like this costume especially and you buy it right and then boom bam you collect it a couple days before the road and things nice you know i think that's how a lot of people see it listen to me like before i got into the um the business i really thought it was just like you so i thought that you know we need 10 pairs of pants um i need (laughs) 
10 panties, 10 bras, and I just call up the people and say, hey, send this for me. Little did I know that there are like just 13 different bra sizes that you have to be very specific about. You got to order a 10% up and down because somebody going to put down a medium hoping that they will, you know, lose weight before carnival and True, they get into the, the band house I... and that's not their size. Yeah, and I could tell you about that. Even when I was at UWE Carnival and we had a band there, Boy, it was back and when when the brand and the, and the thing and the and they couldn't fit people, we been ashamed. Yeah. We had to go and find money to give back people all kind of thing. It was embarrassing. It yeah, is, you know. It can't be nothing simple. Adelana knows about this on a smaller scale. From a preparation standpoint, honestly, cancelling carnival was the best choice. I mean, if I, I I heard the government speaking about maybe there would be something later down, um, like a three day festival or whatever. Of course, my band has a contingency plan ready for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that was one that was one question we were gonna ask. If it so happens that things you know we kind of get the all clear, and they say we're gonna have like a mini version or something like that, would you be participating? Would Oxygen be participating? So just glad, and I know the people will be happy to hear if that were to come to fruition that you know we had a small thing going on. Because uh, for example, I know in Grenada, them fellas don't say you know. It yeah, matter what the government say when it comes for job, them job they in having on that a day. job, yeah. <laughs> and I was really hoping for good to job this year, you know. Yeah, we went last yeah, year and we it was crazy. Year, yeah. I would imagine yeah. so. But yeah, we have our plans in place already. We have our our team of people and we coming up with all the different things that we would do if this is the case, you know, the what if scenarios. Right. Yeah. Is, is there any concern or what are the concerns? Um, if there is something later in the year or even in twenty twenty one, does oxygen have any fear of like a reduction in patronage from persons just generally hesitant to play you know what i i was i'm combined in it sometimes i feel like people are going to be scared like initially my thoughts were when this whole thing blows over if it ever does the world would become germophobes and nobody would want nobody will want to stand too close to another person um in fear of what happened and then with the current practicing of social distances right so I'm not sure if right. they'll want to play. And then there's... Much less a Tifa wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you don't know who you're whining on. If they have COVID, if they had COVID, like, you just don't know. Um, and then there's the other side of me who thinks that... And this is me. This is me as a person thinking, listen, when this thing blow over, I am going to have the time of my life because yeah, I missed out everything. You're ready. Yeah. You have to make yeah. up what you lose. Yeah. Right now, we say we might go sugar mass all thing because yeah. we, we just need a party. <laughs> there are a lot of no, people in the carnival who are still holding on to still holding on to Uber Soka Cruise right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that should be the last thing on our mind. But we're mm-hmm. like, listen, we go in. So it's, a, <laughs> no, it's just... really a twofold. The mass people, these go-getters, the ones who I am seeing on social media right now, they will continue to go to carnival. So I feel like there may be an increase. You know, nobody yeah. going to want to miss out on the next opportunity because we don't know when the next pandemic True. is going to be. Hey, everybody right now say, boy, life shot now. You have to play a mass. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Let's, let's go to all. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, now that we've kind of mentioned, um, you know, went into a little bit about the mass and so on, just all, obviously all that is part of the orange economy. And just to kind of give a smaller definition of the, the orange economy, the Inter-American Development Bank, uh, the IDB defined the orange economy as a set of activities that in an interlocking way allow for ideas to be transformed into cultural goods and services. Now, it is that sector of the economy that has talent and creativity as its leading input. So we just spoke about the mass. Um, I think when Hans joined, we speak about um, soca and, and the entertainment industry from the perspective of um, our artists. And, and so the orange economy kind of benefits us by contributing and producing wealth and value and generating goods. And a lot of people don't see it like that. And that's why we thought it important to actually use the term orange 
orange economy so that we can get familiar with it because this is really what a lot of our entertainment industry is and in the art in the caribbean like jared mentioned a lot of the orange economy is linked to our annual festivals including the carnivals the crop over and so on and this is where most of the economic value is added to the gdp of these countries carnival and we don't have it this year so you don't know i mean all, all the reports coming out and we've we've covered it in previous podcast episodes um you know it's, it's, it's dire straits for the caribbean in terms of our gdp and our growth and well not growth the contraction of our economies over the next two years or so so it's a lot going on there in terms of the orange economy and we thought we'd unpack it and then of course in that too um there are a lot of legal aspects in there and i think jada could break, kind of go into a little bit of this and we'll have some questions for karen in that regard uh yeah exactly so for our stakeholders in the entertainment industry you know there are a lot of issues and just as a whole it's going to be interesting time in the legal landscape post-covid but just as we navigate right now in terms of the entertainment industry i think well for me when i look at it there are the contractual considerations the insurance uh, law considerations employment law considerations and of course consumer law considerations so when we talk about the contractual considerations um like you would know it, Delano, from being you know president of the guild and Vincer and even your current job now, the entertainment and Karen as well. I mean, the entertainment industry is built on a series of contracts between venues, sponsors, promoters, distributors, um, you know, vendors who do lighting and sound, all of that. So there's a risk of non-performance or poor performance or delay, non-payment. All that is heightened. And given the economic dislocation caused by the pandemic, many parties will be wondering well if they can be held liable for damages or breach of contract because they didn't fulfill x they didn't fulfill y so um in most cases some contracts would address it expressly in their terms in other cases it would be a matter of contractual principles like frustration which will govern the party's rights so when this whole pandemic started i think every contract lawyer around the world was probably beginning to think about this rarely used clause that we call force majeure or the act of God provision. So, I'm not going to ask you without me and brother. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> briefly, what it is, is that where an affected party's obligations cannot be performed under the contract anymore uh, due to some unforeseen event that's not within their control, then, um, then that clause is triggered, right? But it's usually expressed in the clause itself. So it would say, well, it would make a provision for the disruption to say, well, the period for compliance well, is extended. Is this really an act of God, though? I mean, <laughs> I well, guess well, that's the argument that some people come with yeah so that's that's how they're they're gonna look at it to say well if donald trump is it is an actor china (laughs) yeah but this particular (laughs) pandemic i don't know that this could be compared to a hurricane you know yeah not not in the strict sense but they're gonna they're gonna use it to say well it's it falls under that um because i mean other act of god the force majeure provisions would kind of account for these kinds of things so i mean a lot of persons are probably thinking about it and i think all persons in the entertainment industry supply chain should kind of be reviewing contracts for force majeure and so if they have it in our termination rights um Karen, yeah, I don't I was, know. I was about to ask exactly. Yeah. I was about to ask Karen about that. I mean, has have, have you had any issues in terms of canceling contracts? I don't know, maybe the designers or the people you would have found 
you would have contracted to perform services for carnival when it came about and so on or has it just been smooth seeing everybody so we understand no, no scene you know see you next year kind of thing well like i said we didn't start production yet so there was no contractual agreement between me and my producers so um when carnival was cancelled it was a really a phone call from me to my head seamstress in Trinidad um, hey we're not having carnival this year so she could then know that she has lost that income it was me calling my Chinese supplier who had already predicted it anyway because every other carnival prior to St. Vincent was already cancelled right so he already predicted it um, but the, the in the world the pandemic is such a 360 like no stone was left unturned that everybody is understanding of cancellation or postponement yeah i, I right. feel you there because i know a lot of people have been like well you know i kind of started coming they were kind of hoping for the best but you know kind of expecting the worst yeah. and then and of course with the other aspects of the ban in terms of the truck for the road and so on those things are kind of organized closer to the dates so you right. like, oh, well, no, we, we book everything so we book everything the week when carnival finishes in swimming so we book everything the same week mm, we book I our no nah, we book our trucks we book <laughs> our we book we cruise ship birds we book we rebook our djs everybody so it was it was a phone call for me to everybody just saying listen uh carnival is going to be cancelled this was before it got cancelled when i realized that the carnival band association um said let's do a cancellation i called everybody so that they would hear it from me first um and then you know it went on its okay. way so for things like that generally um because i know even when you're doing um when you're doing climax and these other events when you're booking the event so far in advance for a situation like this there's nothing firm so you're just able to call them and say well you know we're gonna postpone this to next year or whatever it's like is it that simple or is there yeah. more to it no it really we live in a real casual society. Well, this is a, you know, the Caribbean. You, you know the yeah, Caribbean, say. You don't shout a man and say, boy, I want you next year. Yeah, everybody knows everybody. Um, yeah. I haven't, we didn't put down any deposits, I don't think, on anything. And even if I have put a deposit down, it, I'll just put it over to 2021. Right, yeah. I think a lot of it is continuing good business relations as well. So I don't think persons are trying to and say you know, let me hold anybody to this because they understand the situation. Yeah, like I tell you, it's a full 360. Like nobody was left unturned. Like there's not one individual who could stand up and say COVID did not affect me. Yeah, Nobody. That's, that's, that's very for true. Sure. Just a quick question as we're on this, Karen. In terms of your employees, I don't know if you guys... You know the people who are who are who would be at the band house and so on. Those are kind of, I guess, in my mind, seasonal employees. Um, mm-hmm. Some assume that they have other sources of income. Um, so, so I mean, have they have they been affected? Or these would have been full time employees. Uh, is it just that they come to they, you you employ them around carnival and so there's no scene there again? You just say, well, here we're going on. You know, carnival cancel and so on. Uh, has it? Is it more serious where you've kind of had to? you know, think about how you're going to support the workers who would have been with you if Carnival had been on still. The funny thing is that my, my, my employees are seasonal. So they come on from March and they last till July. Um, and then they get monthly salaries, right? The amazing thing about 2020 was that all of my employees, except for one person, got permanent jobs. Um, the, and the one person who did not get a permanent job, the week before COVID took over the world, did a job interview and I was about to be employed by a company um, in St. Vincent. And then they, they then told her that, okay, well, because of COVID, we're not going to hire anybody right now. So she, there's only one human who mm-hmm. is without a job right now, who would have been employed by Oxygen. Well, I mean, things oh, just right. kind of work in, in, in your favor there. Because yeah, everything, exactly. Because they would have been... 
mm-hmm. they would have been out of out of out of employment and now they yeah, can have something point, else that's going on. It would not on. have yeah. been one person. It would have been yeah. maybe seven or eight of them, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think that. So what everybody was trying to figure out at that point was how are they going to manage their jobs and oxygen because it's still a team thing and everybody's still trying to pull their weight. Right. And right. who would have been highly affected though is that we bring a team of people from Trinidad to do our feathering. Oh, you guys do that on the ground, okay? Correct. So. That would have been those people who are affected because these are people who move from carnival to carnival, carnival. feathering bands. Like they are greatly affected by it. All they got was Trinidad, and that's True. it. Oh, that, that's crazy. Yeah, when you think of like that's somebody's job, they just move around the region, you know, yeah. and just and, and that that just survive taking a mass, move to the next location. So yeah. those people, wow, those people are the ones who are definitely being hard hit. Kind of yeah, that those something else that you um like you just discovered when you got into it, like that there are yes. these kind of niche professions out there. Yes. I, I didn't realize that these were actual jobs. I always thought it was like a hobby. Because in some sense, I feel like it's a hobby for most people. Right. You know? But in Trinidad, it is a full industry. There are seamstresses who all they do is so um panties and bras. That's all they do for carnivals throughout the region. My head seamstress sold for St. Vincent, um, Grenada, St. Lucia, New York, Miami. She sold for every carnival. Oh, so right. imagine that her last carnival was Trinidad and every carnival after that was cancelled. Just nothing for the rest of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yeah, like you say, just turn everything upside down. Yeah, and I mean Oxygen is still a fortunate band, you know, because we are a fun band, quote unquote. There are other bands in St. Vincent um who depend on carnival. Yeah. yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Like that's that's what they do. They, they, that's they, what they do. And from carnival to carnival and so on and, and even with you, I know you have your day job and other things that you yes. do. But they are people who depend on carnival. And I mean I could name it the blonde bird and friends. There's mm. high voltage. These are people who carnival is their thing. You know what I mean? Mm. They put a lot more into it. They're tradesmen more than me. I'm mm. great at marketing and telling you if a costume look good or not, you know. But these are men who are doing it from ground up, from building their own prototypes, the, the design. So it's just really unfortunate. Yeah, because for them it's more of like an artisan thing too, aren't they? They, Correct. they, they, they take pride in you know, bringing it from scratch and bringing it con- to life correct. and so on. And that's what we call the traditional band. So if, if mm. they say this costume is called Botanical Gardens, nine out of ten times you'll look at it and be like, I could definitely see this as Botanical yeah, Gardens. Sure. You know, I will call it Botanical Gardens and go to some beads and feathers and tell you the <laughs> thing. Yeah, and you're more marketing a concept more so than yeah. the actual piece. Wow. Yeah. It's true. That's true. But um, any other legal considerations, Eric? Um, well, yeah, just as 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 uh, Karen mentioned, her work is being seasonal there. Well, as a natural um flow from it from COVID nineteen and so, you know, at law casual employees um and you know independent contractors and so like the persons who she says you know would do the feathering and so they're you know they would be independent contractors you know so they aren't entitled to. You know, the normal things that a regular employee would be entitled to, like sick leave and severance and so. So, when you're still down... probably didn't even register that paying NIS. Correct. <laughs> right, so. Correct. It's never... I've never viewed it as, as that serious. But yeah. in a time like this, you kind of realize how much you've been taking employment for granted. Exactly. So, that's what I'm saying as well, that I think from this, you're going to see a lot of... um a lot of interest in the, the legal ramifications around it. So, I mean, when you're stood down for those reasons, um, beyond the employer's control, like I said, when you're casual, then it's fine. But I think for us, like Karen was saying, the seasonal employees, they say if they're made redundant, 
right for something like this which again if we call it an act of god and they're made redundant then they will qualify for severance if they've met a continuity um, period right and that in st vincent is where they've worked for three or more seasons with the same employer so if they work for three or more seasons really? with the same employer yep mm -hmm. so even if it's seasonal wow once you've worked so even if it's seasonal let's say karen been they've been on the road for what three four years if they've had the same people for those three years and then boom this year they say well here we're going on you know the covid 19 and so you're trying to say that those people may qualify for severance yeah um the the I think under our laws, they would have to have worked for about three quarters of the season in each year, in each season. But once they've worked for three or more seasons, then they would meet the requirement for continuity and they should be entitled to severance. Um, there's there's another provision in there for intermittent workers, which is a bit different. Um, I think they have to work. Well, it's similar in that they have to have been employed for, I think, two years. But I think there's another qualification in that they must have been at least a hundred days in uh, in that year whereas for the seasonal employees it's just three quarter of the season whatever the season is deemed to be so there are some nuances there but um but again it's something that employers well, i could guarantee you a lot of the mass people because a lot of these people hire the same people year after year after year after year now i can guarantee a lot of these mass people don't know about these provisions in terms of the law and what they see well in their mind it's just seasonal so again i work for the carnival season in their mind i don't mm -hmm. think they know they recognize it under the law they have they have obligations yeah i think for the employees as well um you know they they, they won't think of it as being that serious they just you know a work for the season and they don't mind because for some of them as well it's just a side job they might already have their other jobs or they might be young persons who don't mind just getting some extra cash so um but yeah i mean they exist so it's something that I think maybe our bar association or some other ent entity yeah, should really kind of bring to the fore. And I was about to ask Karen if that's something that they're aware of too, as, as Octogenic in terms of obligations if they continuously hire people every year on a seasonal basis. No, I never know. There's some interesting news. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's something that I don't think, um, like we say, just because of the nature of how we conduct our um, I was just going to say that it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, it's mm, a very casual society. Yeah. society. yeah, you shout a man and say, boy, why am I for me for the season that's by it. the banner house yeah. and so on that's it. and this and is this is how much we can job. pay you and so on and yeah. again like we were saying even with this even because it's covid and so if you say all right you know i can't have you for this season the employee themselves they're not thinking boy let me go let me go um you know try rough up um karen or whatever my um, band leader because they, of karen, you know karen <laughs> but, but, yeah you know what i mean like nobody is thinking of that because everybody understands i think especially with this particular situation i think everybody understands and they would say well all right you know i'll be there for 2021 um you know blondie bird oxygen whoever would have me back in 2021 is no scene but um but yeah that's i think that's something else that's where we are is something that persons should be considering now as well um those considerations in terms of employment law oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting just kind of now moving into some of the economic activity and the growth and the contribution of carnivals to to the economies um we don't just to start off, i said we don't do enough work on this in terms of uh, studies on valuing carnivals and the contribution of carnivals and the orange economy to, to St. Vincent, to the region, to any of our economies. I know, for instance, I know, I think I read a newspaper in Searchlight or something recently. They said that's a study that they want to undertake for Vinci Mass at some point in time because they recognize that every year we say, well, Vinci Mass contributing to the economy, we don't actually have figures. Interestingly, yeah. Um, Barbados did a study um, on crop over and the contribution. This study was done by UWI 
on the impact of crop over 2005 to 2007. This is the most recent one I found. I don't know if they did any thereafter. Um, but they were saying that the crop over festival at that point in time was worth over $240 million to the Barbados economy. Wow. Now, in 2007, uh, there was a direct impact of about 0.8% of GDP and an overall impact of 1.5% of GDP. Now, just going into some of the statistics now, because I found this study very interesting, and I want to kind of ask you guys' impression in terms of what you think similar figures would be for St. Vincent and the Grenadines, for example. Now, 71% of the money was spent by visitors compared to 29% by the general public in Barbados. That's that's a big gap there. You can see that there. 71% of the money spent on crop over was spent by visitors. That was um in the period for 2007. Now, after 71%, um, 72% was spent on accommodation and entertainment, uh, 90% on restaurants, and 6% on transportation, and 3% on souvenirs. So that's kind of the breakdown. When the foreigners come in, they spend 72% of that on accommodation and entertainment. So you don't know the Airbnbs, the hotel, and so on. Right. They will eat the food. Although I don't know if Airbnb being wrong in them time, they still. But yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. So that's probably just hotel and guess how? Yeah. Eating that food day. And that's a lot of money. Now, in terms of entertainment itself, 43% was spent on kudumment bands, which is really their mass bands. 43% of the money. 43% okay. was spent on mass bands. 41% on the on the Natural Control Foundation events. That's basically CDC. So that's yeah, the CDC. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there so there are 41% of the money on the entertainment money was spent on CDC on <laughs> right. NCF events. Mm-hmm. 8% on Calypso tents and another 8% on private events. Now only 8% on private events. That was in 2007. <laughs> and we know that landscape has shifted tremendously or dramatically since that point in time in Barbados and, and indeed across the region. Yeah, across the region. It, yeah. I think a lot more money now is going to the private events, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So what do you guys think about that in terms of the money spent? One, in terms of the money spent by locals versus visitors in the case of St. Vincent. And secondly, in terms of the percentage spent on mass versus um, CDC events. For Saint Vincent, what are you thinking, Karen? Um, uh, Lord, I have so much to say. Okay, so the the, the first point with the foreigners breaking it down to lemons, right? Is that foreigners spending more money than locals? I could attest to that um, in a real simple way. When we do events um, and we're selling tickets for events, um, we have general, we have VIP. And then we sell in bottle packages for in the event. The bottle packages are bought by the foreigners. So you're gonna have a bottle package, and you're gonna you're gonna have a bottle package bar, and then you're gonna have a regular bar. Um, and you'll find that both bars, the bottle bar, might actually make more than your regular bar. And the buyers are the foreigners. Mm, that so, is we don't have money for going to bottle bar. <laughs> yeah, no, they spend. I yeah. love I love the foreigners because they spend, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then they are the yeah. ones and and then for oxygen, we it's over forty percent of the band is, is foreigners. It's foreigners, okay. Yeah, that is at least it's between forty one and forty four percent of the band um are foreigners. Last year at least. And that's a testament to your marketing as well. The fact that you can attract so many foreigners in terms of the percentage to lose. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in terms of now the percentage of mass, like those the money that they spent on mass versus like the CDC events and private events, I am Barbados is forty one percent on mass. I think it's I, I don't know I, I wouldn't say it's far off than that, but I think in terms of the CDC versus the private events, I think the, it is a different it's a different dynamic. I think 
I, I think private events might be bringing in more than the CDC in the case of St. Vincent and perhaps yeah. not even in the case of Barbados. Yeah, the only the only event I would say is CDC St. Vincent is Soka Monarch. Soka Monarch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, um, it used to be Soka Monarch and Miss STG a couple of years ago. Now I think Soka Monarch is a standalone in terms. Oh no, they have Evo 4.0. That is a pretty big event. And Soka Monarch semi final. That's where CDC pulls in most of their money. That is where they re- they get most of their money from those three events. Um, but those statistics, I think, will be totally different for St. Vincent when you compare them to Barbados. Um, I don't think we have that many people actually play mass compared to the amount of people that that would be an effect. Oh, you have a set okay, like okay. like right. rum, um, or wet set. Let's go wet set. You have an event like mm. wet set that reaping ten thousand people. And then um, Oxygen has 1,100 players. That is a real small fraction of people. Mm. Right. So you're saying the private events may even be pulling in more than the mass in, in, in St. Vincent I compared to Barbados? I definitely think so. And I can see it now when you, when you count out numbers like that 1,100 and so on. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. I can definitely see it. When yeah, it's big. Who does be in the feds? It seems big, right? But mm-hmm. it's, it's really a small when you compare it to the amount of people that are in St. Vincent. And then kind of now moving on to who made this money. Um, 69% of um, of the money was made by the sponsors, which is like the alcoholic companies and so on. 21%, and this is the Barbados study, of course, 21% was made by vendors, 6% by the artists. I think that 6% kind of low, but I don't know. 3% by the security companies and 1% by the hiring companies. This is people who just do like the trust and them sort of something there. So that, mm-hmm. that to me was interesting at the sponsor. What well, you would expect that because alcohol is a alcohol is, a, is part of the festival too. That's in, that's how the back end will come in. Twenty one percent of the vendors in Barbados is kind of. I mean, these are people who sell by the side of the road who have the little um you know the thing the bars and so set up. Um, but the six percent by the artist to me seems kind of low. Again, this is two thousand seven. Yeah, in two. Hey, you gotta remember, you know, in two thousand seven, the amount of money that artists would have charged you is nowhere near what they had charged you charging, in twenty twenty. That's true. So when the man used to work for two thousand EC. Right now it's two thousand. US, US them calling and them, them yeah. charging and quoting and praising. And, 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 and that goes across the region because we've been doing events since two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount, the money that we used to pay DJs in two thousand and ten is nowhere near what we paid them now. Mm. Wow. Well, I remember when I when I was in Barbados, there was a culture shock when DJ charged charging by the hour and thing. Get yeah. up, up in Vinci, man paying whole night for like two hundred or three hundred dollars. No, my bar, when I first moved to Barbados, I said, I charge my owner. I said, you know, so it's a whole yeah. different dynamic in terms of the entertainment industries. And just even in terms of the jobs, um, 2,930 jobs were, were generated by crop over. Um, you know, and, and that's a lot. It's just basically 1% of the labor force then. So, you know, and, and the hospitality sector accounted for 53% of the jobs created. So, because there's a lot is happening in terms of crop over. So it's a big industry. So, I would be really interested to see a study like this replicated. One, for later in Barbados. And then, so you can kind of compare uh, and see the transition and the changes. And, like, even for St. Vincent, uh, I would like to see done. one done that we could kind of really gauge what's happening now these studies cost plenty of money because i mean this was this was uh i think the ncf is who paid ue to do this study and that that was a whole contract thing they say no good money shell out for these kind of studies yeah but in in, in order to move forward right because i i genuinely feel like we have 
a product that the world needs to know about that we that you know do we're not doing a great job in marketing it and in order for us to improve the product we have to know where the product is so that is the reason why they need to shell out the money and and get the study done so we could see what carnival is doing for the economy and that is the only way that the economy will grow or the festival will grow so that we'll know okay where we need to to work on i fully agree with you there i think that's something that we need to embark on yeah, even simple things like this, like we're getting a lot of insight from Karen just from just because of you know she has that knowledge base, she's on the ground. But we don't even the general public we don't hear about the kind of, you know, the behind the scenes. So um I think studies like this obviously would help put everything like that in the four and everybody would feel a bit better knowing what the figures are like. Um the everybody from the party goers to the promoters, the masqueraders, everybody. And and I yeah. and I think with that too, there would come the understanding. Cause right now, I I think our CDC is kinda underfunded compared to what some of the other countries um, kinda get for their for for their to put on their festivals. When you look at Trinidad, for example, over the period two thousand sixteen to two thousand nineteen the government of Trinidad provided subvention to the National Carnival Commission to the tune of $230 million in 2016, $168 million in 2017, $90 million in 2018, and, and $140 million in 2019. That's big money now. I mean, it's TT, but that's big money to, to, to the, for the um, government to be putting to be given to the National Carnival Commission. And I, I, I don't really know how much money CDC is getting in St. Vincent. I don't know if Karen know. I really don't know. Maybe a couple million yeah, is so know, much. I don't know. I really can't tell you. But I do know that there are a, there is a lot of money that is paid out the prizes that we really um don't think we don't know about not that we don't know about is that you're not privy to the prize money the only prize money that people know about is is sokamona that's the only one the 22 21 23 thousand dollars whatever it is that the artist i wish hans was here boy anyway yeah, i wish he was here to speak on that so that is the only prize money but i'll tell you y'all it's, it's a lot of money that they're paying out another important part of the dynamic is visitors and i don't think we even chat that enough in st vincent so for example in 2017 there were 37,448 visitors to trinidad specifically for carnival that 40,000 people now 40,000 people came to trinidad just for carnival and together that 40,000 people spent around 335 million tt dollars so that, that wow. they are actively tracking these statistics to know like hey now we spend an x amount of money so for example they put in in that, that's what 2018 in 2018 the government put forward 90 million dollars in subvention but you can see here just alone that the visitors spent 335 million dollars when they visited trinidad for carnival so they don't they don't make the money there <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. 40,000 people is almost half our population that's why i saying and all that, that comes just, just for carnivals it's all these type of things that we need to be tracking to say all right cool how many people came into st vincent this year for carnival how many people came into dominica for mass dominica you know that these type of things are things that we really need to get a handle on and like karen said to kind of market our product and those would have been good figures even for us when we were doing our international airport we still have a product that is indigenous so to speak you know we don't have the, the caesar's army in here we don't have the soca brainwashing here we have homegrown events and fest all our events are homegrown yeah and, and that means also that a lot of the money is staying within 
in the economy. Because I, I know I know people said I had a conversation about you know Caesars is coming, you know, making money and and go, I mean you know so these are these are things that we don't necessarily talk about. Cause I love a Caesars anyway. Caesars the idea, but you know people talk about things like that. You know that these are foreigners coming in and kind of just making the money and taking it back to Trinidad and taking it back to wherever. Yeah, but you know it. And then from the other way to look at it is when these men coming into an island when Caesars army opened up and say okay next stop is Vincent that is a heavy marketing tool for for Vinci Mars. Mm-hmm. True. So True. on one hand, on one hand, the promoter Karen wants to keep them out. Why should we allow them to come in to do something that we have capable promoters of doing, right? Um, and then on the other hand, is if they come in, the festival could potentially get bigger because they have a following now. They, they have a, a huge following. When they following. say we're going Vinci, when they say we're going Vinci, next stop Vinci, everybody's saying, um, unite, let we go. And that's, that's right. just the fact, you know. And I've been waiting for a private juve event like that, and I've kind of gone accustomed to it in Barbados and in Trinidad as well when I go. That, that whole thing where you kind have a road to yourself lock off i know in bim is waiting and so on where you actually have a, a private juve with a truck driving wrong a, a closed circuit and so on that's a vibe that i, I yeah. don't see anybody bringing to st vincent yet and i'm waiting for that uh, but part of the reason why you mightn't see it too is because we just don't have the market there are 300 of us delano who will be like yes let's go <laughs> yeah, let me go it's true we did it we did that there's, there's a core 300 people who are ready to rumble you know outside of that core 300 you gotta be real convincing that's, that's a good point in terms of the general orange economy in general in Vinci and in other small yes. islands too and we don't take the new concepts that well when we started Climax nine years ago we started with 600 people Climax is now at 5,000 6,000 people and that is from us selling an idea Karen I was going to say Climax is the biggest event in Simmons it is it's the biggest event outside of Carnival I have too much Climax memories but we don't go on the road Jerry we don't go on the road at all wake up outside Jerry goes I don't go on the road we had to sell that 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 cool effect idea to people because they could not understand for the life of them why they needed to pay to bring their own like yeah, it, was it was unheard of That's crazy. so to tell a man in ten minutes away we charging you 150 dollars to go and get paid so they are going to ask you what is wrong with you man uh, exactly selling the concept is hard because eh? even i'll be honest when i first heard about we thing in barbados i said boy i'm skeptical about that now exactly. but when you go when you go at one time and you realize it's a whole different vibe you know, I think we can, and you have to understand too. It's risk, but you kind of have to, as a as a promoter, imagine you have to, like like you said with Timax, you start with a small amount and it grows. So you have to be prepared to kind of take that hit, so That's to speak, in the beginning yeah. you until to. you're able to build the following and the patronage. You have to. Karen, something I I know people might be wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna, for example, simple things like if you're gonna retain the designs from this year, some people say, "Well, I really love this the cast, the costumes and so on." Are we gonna because Carnival is cancelled? Are they gonna cancel, get rid of those, and start up from the drawing board next year? Is it that you're gonna try to retain some of these concepts and, and costumes that you have put forward for this year? Well, guess what? Oxygen did not put forward a single yeah, costume. Oh, it's no y'all in launch like that, yeah, boom. Nobody saw Oxygen <laughs> costume, so Karen, Karen in a and good position. And listen to me, if I was to tell y'all the reason why we have no costumes is because of internal issues and late deliveries from the photographer and we had to reshoot mm. a section and all of that had me pulling out my hair because I was late. Um, when COVID started, I realized that this was God's way of telling me, mm, for hold reason. on, it is not going to happen. You know what I mean? Stop stressing yourself. That was Because I was beaten. I was like, why is the universe doing this to me? You know what I mean? I practice good karma. I do good for people. Why the universe doing this to me? But this was the universe's way of saying, listen, things are not going wrong. They're going right. Don't launch a band. So, so how, how, how do you feel... Um 
elsewhere like i know a lot in St. Lucia, Grenada, a lot of them already released their costumes and so what yeah. do you think they should do? I mean, if it were you, do you think you'd have held on to your designs <laughs> and so? Uh, I, I would have had, there are a few things that I would have done, which I will not say because I don't know who's listening and I don't want to give anybody any just... ideas. <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, Especially when we hear about the podcast, nothing can listen for you what you say. So I don't want to be a subliminal marketing manager for nobody except my okay. own fans. Fair. So I fair. wouldn't say what I would have done, but there are things that I would have done um, to, to boost boost my band when we get to the next um, the next crossroad, which would have been 2021 for right now, and that's even if we have carnival in 2021. Oh gosh, don't say so. No oh god, yeah, I know, right? And we're doing sugar <laughs> mass, and then we're doing everything next year. Yeah, I would. I hope so. Yeah, I gotta make up for so. it. What I think is gonna happen, though, I genuinely believe that carnivals will become like a local thing for a little bit until the world figures out what's happening. Because I was saying, so, and, and that's what the Grenadians are kind of saying. Hey, now I can close the borders, them and thing. Let like Grenadians party, have Grenadians, a good time. and let we jab, and let we have yeah. a good time. This, so don't worry about this COVID thing. Because once we don't have no local cases and the borders closed, we good to go. And Correct. I, and I think that's that's a consideration that we might have to make. Because even for me, I was saying, well, hey, now if all the close on the borders to the international places, and it just so happened that, that the CARICOM cases that's right. know, got under control, then mm. you can open back Liat alone, Liat and Carica Airlines right. alone. You can only mm. go, we're only accepting regional people into the into the FET. And if you're, if you're international, well, boy, hard luck for you this year. I go Caribbean, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel that way about Trinidad also. Like, it, it might turn out to be that, to be a regional, local thing, mm. versus inviting people from. Hey, they and everywhere to be a part mm-hmm. of something and have another outbreak in the region, you know? Wow, I just I just lost the time too, so yeah, I mean, we kind of run in. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, uh, we could probably go into our next segment. Yeah, um, I guess we can jump into the next segment, which is uh, we raise our glass to something positive. Wait, 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 wait. I want to tell all the listeners right mm-hmm. now, if you're not following Oxygen, please yourself. Um, it is at Oxygen Mass on Instagram. Give us a follow and turn on notifications. We are about to start um, an initiative. We're going to salute all the, the real frontline. And by real frontline, we mean all the frontline workers who play mass with oxygen, who right. have not stopped working since COVID. We're going to start mm-hmm. to salute them. So just stay tuned to our page. You want to see all the doctors and nurses who play mass with us. And, you know, we just want to thank them for their, for their work so far. Oh, definitely. definitely. And I feel like we could raise our glass to that. Yeah, we could raise our glass to <laughs> that. Definitely, that, that could be carrying tools right there. That is my toast, man. We're raising our glass to that. Jared, who are you drinking to this week? <laughs> um, I am drinking to... I mean, I saw something today that the our, our government is convinced that they gonna extend their free tablet program to all the students in St. Vincent. I think before it was just gonna be grade 6 and those doing CXE or something like that but I think now they're gonna extend it to everyone so I just want to big them up on that initiative as we try to move to this, this learn um, distance learning modality. We discussed it on a previous episode um, so I, it's good to see that the government is embracing that in full force and I yeah so I want to just give that a little toast today. Oh, we can definitely drink to that uh, for me this week, I, um, I want to kind of big up the shareholder governments um, of Liad. They've kind of recognized that, I mean, the, the, the airline industry right now is going through it. I mean, nobody flying, uh, you know, nobody is moving around, whether it be regionally, internationally and so on. And they've kind of recognized that, um, you know, companies like Liat and even perhaps Kai, you never know, 
might be in need of a financial bailout, just like the United States government is doing for their major airlines. So I want to big up the, the shareholder governments uh, recognizing and trying to dedicate some funding towards Liat and to keep that airline in the sky. I know it's, a, it's, it's, it's for some people, it's up and down and, and mm-hmm. so, but I really feel like, I mean, we need regional travel and oh, especially yeah, after the that. COVID-19 phenomenon, we're going to depend on our, on our on the region even more in terms of our travel and our tourism. Yep. So I want to big up the government for trying to make sure that our regional airlines, be it Liat, Caribbean Airlines, all that, make sure that they stay in the sky and that they're flying. So I want to raise my glass to that this week. Yeah, awesome. Definitely raise our glass to that. So, again, we want to thank Karen for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah, definitely our pleasure. Um, glad for all the information, all the insight that we got from you. Something that I don't definitely think we get enough things, of. Boy. Oh, yeah, definitely learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. and definitely, you know, no, no, it's not just a panza order in it. takes time yeah. and the and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need so. all your measurements, but trust me. <laughs> so, again, everybody, check out Oxygen Mass on Instagram and anywhere else they yes, might please. be so we are joined by mr hans john recording artist regional international you know goes by his stage name hans and i'll let him do a better introduction right now so hans uh let the people know who you are pleasant evening um i must take the time out to really thank you guys for having me it's been a long anticipated a long overdue so to speak and <laughs> <laughs> Feels great to be here. Um, Hans John is a singer-songwriter from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, managed by Island Network. I've been doing this from since 2003 to now, and I'm very passionate about what I do in terms of music and our culture, selling our culture to the rest of the world. And as we, we, we speak about Caribbean integration, I am one of those, or one of the artists who is pushing that through music in terms of soca music and it feels good that we're here and we have the perfect setting that we could at least give persons an insight to take the, the creative industry, you know, somewhat serious and consider, you know, its contribution, not only to its national festival, but to the, the economic development of many um, Caribbean countries. Yeah, yeah, Hans, thanks for being here with us and thanks for introducing yourself. Like I was telling Jared, the people know you from a long time. I saw a picture of you. As a little youngster and on Facebook now in your memories and you were like ten and so on doing the thing. So it's a long time you're in the business and we've really yeah, seen man. you so come up. Out. Yeah, boys, we've seen you come up in the industry now to the to the point where I know you were in the um, international so come on in Trinidad early yeah, this year and things. So it's, it's, it's a lot of things happening, a lot of good things happening for you. Uh, but before you joined, we were kind of speaking with Karen about um the different aspects of the RNG economy, particularly from the perspective of, of the mass bands and so right. on. So we're glad that you were able to jump on with us now so we can kind of get the perspective of an artist. Now, the first question we want to ask is a question that we asked Karen is really, what do you feel about the cancellation of, of Vinci Mass? I mean, do you think it was premature? You think it's the right decision? Should it have been pushed later on in the year as opposed to cancelled fully? What are your thoughts on the cancellation of Vinci Mass and carnivals around the region in general? Well, when it comes to health, first and foremost, you ought not to compromise in terms of your safety and your health come first. And I understand the stance of most of the, the regional government and the international bodies when it comes to um, avoiding the spread of the um, COVID-19. Um, Carnival on a whole, I think a lot of countries were forced in, in a corner 
where they had no other choice than to cancel. It was the the right the right thing to do, so to speak. Um, some well, well, we're still trying to come to grips whether or not it was um prematurely done. But there's nothing else that we could really be you know playing right now. From Karen, we heard that it was a discussion that was had amongst right. um the, the, all the different um participants of the industry in terms of whether or not carnival should be cancelled. Were you preview or you were part of that discussion um that kind of decided yo we should cancel Vinci Mars twenty twenty? Well, there were a lot of talks circulating from parliaments, debates, and so forth. But we as creative um players um personally, I was not invited to any discussion as such. But we've been following. I've been following on the 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 media in terms of the government making a decision when it comes to our national festival, right? And besides that, um, using basic knowledge, common sense, when you look at traveling, the restrictions on traveling, that in itself would have raised a red flag in terms of the influx of visitors and persons who would come our shows to enjoy our carnival and it's quite fair that <laughs> there's no other solution than our conclusion than to cancel mm-hmm. right. and that's a, that's a fair point yeah um well we were also discussing about the impact that or the contribution that carnivals make to the different um persons involved in the industry across the region not just in st vincent but um in terms of the artists themselves the musicians what do you think that impact will have the cancellation will have on the recording artists specifically because i mean this is your, your time of year financially speaking definitely it will hit you where that you you don't have that other stream of income coming in for persons who do music man like hands is millionaire and thing now no 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 what um there's the pros and cons of it, right? Most of the artists who make, you know, a living from music, who do music full-time, they are heavily dependent on tours, traveling outside of their country, going to other um, islands to perform, other countries, you name it. They are highly dependent on performance outside of Carnival, right? With the travel restriction mm-hmm. being placed to travel to and from, you know your revenue stream gone down just by that restriction alone. Promoters, then you look at now the policies that government, the emergency policies, whereas no social gathering. Promoters now can't have event. Most of the event would have cancelled. So you can't go and perform. Even if you could travel. Let's say that you could go and travel. Promoters' hands are tied. Right. You still can't get to perform for audience or get the venue because there are restrictions, policies, emergency policies that the government decide to come up with. Stop the spread of COVID-19 would have blocked you from doing so. Then you're talking about music that you have backed up or music that you 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 anticipated to release. You can't release that because you are heavily dependent on bookings and tours and what's not. There's no audience that you could really, you know, market your music to and give to. Some people might release music and, in my opinion, it will get lost. I was about to ask you that. Are you going to still release songs this year? Are you holding them in your arsenal for Carnival 2021? Where's the real scene? You're saying, boy, it makes no sense I drop them tunic and no, you know, no, no dancing, keeping no Carnival. Like keeping. No dan- not only like- no dancing, keeping right now. People focus on attention is elsewhere. Because if you look on the media, the buzz that you normally get for Carnival, it is being overshadowed by yeah, the, 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 um, the media houses, the news articles, whether it will be some CNN, BBC, every media house right now 
are focusing on the pandemic and how that's been affecting the economy right now so people mind you know people attention people minds are in different places as to if they're gonna keep a job if they're gonna have enough money to um you know maintain their family and so forth so right now it's, it's more than just the economic impact hitting us is the psychological one as well especially for artists because you don't know whether or not if you release your music no <laughs> if it's gonna get some form of attention and now you see the, the different streaming platforms I've been checking and falling with the, the, the streaming platforms. A lot of visuals are getting more attention than music right now. In terms of the Netflix, the series, oh yeah, you name it, a lot of movies. People are, are downloading a lot of of these, mm. you know, in comparison to music. music. Music, you know, music is definitely playing, but people want something to grab their attention because they have been, you know, so bombarded with COVID-19 and, and its effect. Year in, year, well, year in, year out. We used to say, well, you know, we anticipating carnival, and our attention span used to be to get a costume, to you know, save money, to go to the fets and what's not. But people' mindset is totally yeah, different yeah. right now. People trying to to save to buy food, which is more important than buying a ticket to go to a dance and so forth. So we we're now stuck between a rock and a hard place where we have we had to come up with being creative on a different level. So don't look for nothing from you this year. There's music because <laughs> I'm constantly in the studio recording and doing work. I'm saying mm. at the end of the day, music is a business. Yes, we have fans and they look forward to our music. I do have music that I will release outside of the, the norm, which is soca. I have something that is uplifting, mainstream crossover. So you can expect that, you know, oh, hands yeah, featuring I saw that promo. Darren Andrews, Randy Small. So it's something that is really uplifting. It's not a COVID-19 song. I made it straight out there. Uh, but it's just something to really lift the spirits of our brothers and sisters across the region and by extension the world. But Hans, um, personally, how, how comfortable are you, say, a promoter in, say, the travel restrictions and so are lifted next month, um, June? How comfortable are you traveling to, say, a promoter in Grenada or Barbados or somebody invites you to perform? Well, what does Hans John say? Well, these, um, first, we had, we, had, we had to be realistic here, um, job, um, Jadwick, in terms of the, the certainty that we'll actually open up and then the other side which is the uncertainty whereas countries might still restrict persons coming in but let me say everything free up and everything clear up and mm -hmm. there's some form of medication or vaccine or whatever um no vaccine hands i don't stand now the man say, Yo, we opening in june and we train a job fit and we were hands on the card had a nice job too in the front couple of years back we were hands on the thing and we paying hands to go to parents for everything we hands saying hands saying yo food have to eat and hands saying yo where we going on now i ain't really too too comfortable me rather stay in vinci and bill but the creative side of me would be the first thing is to go but then now the other side now where i had to be conscious <laughs> because we had to show about this thing oh you know why is that is a sticky one because I would definitely want to jump out, but I had to get clearance first, but I had to make sure that the thing sort out properly and that I know I save, but regardless even, of the money, because you can't buy health these days. And even in terms, honest, of, um, in terms of audience as well, you want to make sure that when you fly out to perform, that people coming out to see you, you ain't just want yeah, to go out and say you're performing for performance sake. You want to make sure that people comfortable going out and fetting again and stuff, even if restrictions lift. Yeah, but my, my safety, my health comes first, eh? Yeah, my health comes first, regardless of the, the, the money being paid. I had to be, you know, certain that things are safe before jumping out. Mm. 
and and going out there to perform because i know this thing is not an overnight thing there's a lot of you know cleaning up to to be done yeah, yeah for sure and you can't perform in mass and people and people that's yeah, that's and what i'm saying and, and the psychological i keep stressing the, the psychological impact on people people mind still is that boy it ain't safe that we could go out there and party the urge is there you know there's a real crave there's a yawn for it to go out there and release some stress and party and to link up with you know old friends and what's not but people are still conscious about the health yeah for sure mm-hmm. it is yeah man. Yeah, understand definitely another another question i had for you hans and we already spoke about the release of music and so on what about how does this affect the prospects of artists for example who want to move on to regional competitions like the international soccer monarch in trinidad provided it of course happens you are you you participated yeah. this year if people not releasing music this year in the other countries and so on how do they treat with that now? How would that affect the, the regional people without their carnivals? Because enough times the people who win does move forward in the Trini Soka Yeah. And right now, we had this, well, I had this discussion tonight, to be exact, with someone. And, you know, we were weighing the options of Trinidad being the first carnival to happen after this whole pandemic. And it's up to we as creative players, industry players, to think outside the box being creative right we could still mm-hmm. release music for trinidad for trinidad and let me repeat that again we could still release music for trinidad there are producers who are willing to work i think everybody now would want to catch that that wave you know catch the first yeah. wave running in to the shores of trinidad so it's up to you to jump on as a as an artist to jump on that first wave whether it might be a rhythm working with some kind of producer going down and doing some marketing and what's not yes we don't have our own carnival and that would have affected us tremendously but we now have to take other means and take a different road to really catch that first wave going into trinidad and trinidad without any bias they are the the the, the makers of of soca yeah i give them that of mass you understand and everybody who seriously consider music or consider, you know, being an artist entertainer would love to touch on any platform in Trinidad and Tobago. So you gotta come up with something that is creative to get your thing out there to reach that market. Whether you do a collab with that artist, and trust me, everybody is willing to work right now. For the sake of um, getting back into it as, you know, once this thing is over, for the sake of trying to get back into it meaningfully, what about, are y'all considering, um, Sugar Mass and St. Kitts in December because that's right before Trinidad in February. Cause I know a lot of maybe a lot of incentions probably don't reach up there in December. But is that something in your cards seeing that Sugar Mass might still be on in December? Yeah, I'm considering a lot of things, you know, in terms of going to the different carnival. If not going, releasing, you know, music for them. The, the, you know, Jamaica is coming up as well. Jamaica would have postponed their, their carnival right. to October. And we have our independence as well around that time so even self you know even though we don't we're not having vinci mass we could still take the opportunity to really release music collab with somebody that is the best i could say right now to be you know see on the safe side as i could tell you this i've received a lot of rhythms from guyana barbados st kitts antigua trinidad um I got something from Jamaica as well. And it's just a matter of collaborating and doing work with these producers. 
regardless of the current situation you had to capitalize you know capitalize on the opportunity to collaborate and that's one of the things that you know we need to do as artists in order to really cushion what is happening right now we saw that you recently performed an um instagram live for the regional panorama initiative which i thought was amazing by yeah. the way kudos to you on that and and, and um, nevin oh, and them themselves on that that was a good initiative but in, in what ways can you see technology assisting the orange economy during the time of COVID-19 and beyond? Because you see them fellas say, boy, right now we can't open a pan, let we have panorama. You see me? In, in what ways can um, technology like IG Live and so on, and I know Facebook is supposed to be introducing, for example, where um, your, your friends can pay, people can pay to hear your music and so on and your content on Facebook. So in what ways do you see this can help the orange economy going forward? E-commerce. E-commerce is very important for us, especially being in the Caribbean, our territory. And I, I, I felt so happy that week after last week, iTunes actually opened up its doors to the Caribbean. I don't know if you would have um, seen that. So in terms of e-commerce, making, you know, doing business, in terms of we utilizing those platforms where we could collect monies, PayPal, you know, make you think outside the box of not, you know, going face to face and interacting and, and collect money. Money because the, the, the world right now is moving towards, you know, the virtual um, um, means of getting income, whereas you don't need to going to a supermarket to buy something. Well, we have Amazon, we have all those uh, markets, this, you know, virtual markets, and now we see the full use of them. And that's where the world is going in terms of technology. So we had to be, we had to set up ourselves properly when it comes to the business of music so that we could reap the rewards. Even with streaming platforms as well, Spotify. I, I was about to say that because that's, impo that's, that's important because that now can kind of come in for some like the tour money yeah. and so you can't tour what you're getting, you're getting a yeah, 10 exactly. cent for every stream or whatever, you know, however it works. And then that kind of gives you a, an additional source of income there. So, I mean, those are the type of things now that, that in my mind, uh, the modern day artist has to be kind of making sure that their management and, and them themselves are, are really becoming familiar with and organizing themselves, like you said, to really, you know, capitalize. Yeah, man. And, and so Hans, would, would that kind of thing inspire you? Because earlier you were saying, well, you would push back your music to 2021 because the audience isn't really there. But in light of what you're saying with the virtual means of people consuming music, would that kind of, you think, inspire artists to release music to say, well, all right, we're not out there performing, but persons can still enjoy our music by uh, via these virtual means, by um, these streaming sites, um, Apple Music, etc. Yeah, but let me, let me go a bit in-depth now in terms of getting, you know, monies or remittance from these streaming platforms. It takes a good bit of streaming, you know, of views, listeners downloads to really get a return something and we're we're here in the territory of you know the caribbean oh uh, you know let me be honest with ourselves right most of these artists outside the international recording artists they they make tons when it comes to you know tons of monies in terms of the streaming because people are willing to purchase right. is it safe to say or should i ask are we from a culture that loves anything that is free or persons would be willing to buy our music we're going to a different level now. I know COVID-19 would have, you know, raised a lot of questions, but and moving with the tide to advance in terms of our culture and the orange economy in terms of benefiting. But are we from a culture of people or society that loves 
to, to, to really support and pay for intellectual property. We have a serious problem when it comes to pirates and what's not because we can really recoup. <laughs> that's a brilliant point, and, and, and that's a fact. So we're from a Caribbean culture, a culture in general, where we like the pirated thing, we like to buy the CD from the thing, we like to download one man, get the tune, he sent it to me from right. WhatsApp. We back in the day, we had the, the, the line wire and so on that we used to download. And so we don't really have that culture. And I, I think, think especially for me, with our I don't, local music. Yeah, exactly. Because I was about to say, I don't necessarily purchase albums. I purchase my subscription to Apple, which I pay, what, 6 or $7 for, 6 or 7 US every month for. And I listen to music. I stream the music. So for me, I don't yeah. purchase the the, 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 the the thing. I stream it. So that's what I'm saying. There's a difficulty there. And we in St. Vincent, we don't even have that streaming culture either because we still would go up on a SoundCloud or YouTube. we go up on YouTube and listen to things for free. Yeah. For free where we, we don't have to think, you understand? So that culture isn't really there. And, and partially it's because it hasn't really been available to us in that way. So it's going to take some time for people to kind of embrace that this new modern technology where you can pay a six US every month and you get your, your access to the full catalog of music globally, including those artists in the region and in, from your own country. Yeah, so it, it is. And even with the, the, the policies that the, the government has right now currently towards the, the creative industry, is it conducive? Is it beneficial to to us as industry players, as math men and and Calypsonians, dancers? Because this thing, COVID nineteen, really opened the eyes of the entertainment world. Right? You can't go anywhere to interact with your audience. No money. Streaming. Then you're having problems now because a lot of the the other platforms like Netflix and all the movie hubs up in the up in the game. You see a lot more series coming on stream now, and a lot of our attention would have you know shift the goalpost shift. So this thing is really pushing us. It's like a seesaw up and down, pushing us up and down, up and down. Cause we don't know. One time people might be onto something, and another time they are. So. That's basically my point what I was trying to make in terms of people. Would people yeah, purchase yeah. this for you know a long time after COVID-19 would have passed? Would they stop doing this or would they continue to, to really support the music or would they purchase? Would they continue to want things to fr- for free or would they actually want to, to spend and support the artists during right. the tough economic time? Yeah, definitely. Boy Hans, I mean it's been a good discussion. I mean we're gonna we just wanna thank you. We're gonna wrap it up here now, and um, we wanna thank you for being a part of the podcast. Of course, we look forward to hearing. I'm waiting for that positive chat that you have. Yeah, man. We're gonna listen mm-hmm. for more tunes from you all the way through. Um, much respect, much support, brother. You're always doing it for me. Use my artist now. I tell people something. <laughs> people had a the big, the big, big. I say, yo, Hans is my artist, and from time when the man, yeah, man. when the man bust you, he, from even before that, but especially when the man bust you, we are win the soccer mona competition thing. I represent for Vince in another way that when the man kind of just cemented that my artist dog yeah man give so, thanks big up yourself and keep doing your thing you understand yeah man thanks and yes. I gotta say I'm extremely proud of you guys especially you know being best friends who are trying to make that change and give persons content because we really need content right now because a lot of the information circulating in terms of the topics that need to be highlighted and not being given the opportunity to do so the average man you know don't really get the, the chance to really hear these stuff and you guys saw some good topics i've been following it over the last couple of months since you guys started and i'm truly honored to be on this program enough love and respect and continue the great work i know daily well, I call you Dilly, but the persons will know you as Delano. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
hopefully in the near future you will be one of those persons to make you know the change in terms of policies mm. policy has been killing us in the creative ass um excuse my language eh? <laughs> <laughs> you're safe brother yeah, you're good, you're good. <laughs> yeah but i deliberately say that now in the policy yeah. ass because yeah, yeah, yeah. the the policies that we have in terms of creative industry, I do think that more attention needs to be paid to the creative industry and there must be some study, a feasibility test. Now is the perfect time to really do a feasibility test. Mm, yeah, man. We actually we actually discussed that um, with Karen a little bit earlier in terms of studies and so on the creative yeah. industry and the contribution. And the contribution and because so I so. think they're missing it. And, you know, we're yeah, out here and we know, we know how much this industry is contributing to the economy to uh, many lives to many households to um families and stuff like that so we know we're not living in a bubble when it comes to what we're doing it's not just going up on a stage and, and sing and say oh yeah call it, call it, call it one a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars after performance for some of us who are not so fortunate to have a a eight to four job you know this is our livelihood this is what we do this is our career and we need proper policies in place so that we could benefit not short term but long term what are we selling yes we have cruise ship coming in yes we have persons travel you know for vacation yes we have returning national but i could put my head on a block are they spending they're not gonna walk about town and just view some stores view some sites and not spend when they leave off a ship when people come to our shows for carnival they're carnival they spend, spend and they are contributing a lot significantly they are contributing a lot yeah. more than those persons not to be biased here about the creative industry or the orange economy they come and they purchase where there might be tickets where there might be outfit from some local store local designer whoever the case may be they come they buy drinks they use our taxi service you know heavily you understand and these are stuff that we need to really weigh in we need to zoom in on them and and see the, the benefits yeah i mean the Definitely, hands and that's, these are things that we thought you spoke about before you before you joined us because we went through um a couple of studies from Barbados that kind of broke it down in terms of where the money is being spent by who is by who is being spent in terms of the visitors versus the the the, the locals and so on and, and you know we kind of you know we kind of covered a lot of those aspects there so I I mean it's really important thing and I hope that we can I mean all of us can be a part of dri driving uh the change to policy that is required in these countries to recognize the value of the orange economy and what it's contributing uh, to our economy on a year-by-year -year basis and not just chalk it up to carnival alone but to try to have uh, activity all year round that can add to the, to the growth and, and prosperity of our people and, uh, and with that i just want to thank you again for being here bro and i just just keep pushing comments big up yourself yes. Man, yeah, man. and we yes thanks thanks for joining us again yeah man you don't know one love every time uptown party with a dong tongue yeah. vibes no, no, every time <laughs> you don't know how to up and um yeah that is it from us um this has been episode 10 of season three as always i'm the lawyer jadrick cummings and i'm delano de souza the policy analyst catch you next time